Hey, we're Damn the Wolves. I'm Jody. I'm Brett. And I'm Rick. And you're listening to Now That's What I Call Damn Good Music. The podcast. So in this episode, we are talking about an album that was released in October of 1995 on Creation Records. The album is What's the Story? Morning Glory by Oasis. This was produced by Owen Morris and Noel Gallagher. Um, we Where was this mixed? Does anyone know who mixed it? I reckon Owen Morris mixed it. But it, there's no credit for it, is there? No, only the remastered version. It was mastered at Abbey Road Studios, not surprisingly. Um, where were you boys when you heard something from this album? I was in a band called Bounce the Poodle, a covers band. Mm-hmm. And we, we formed in 1995, and the brief of the band was to cover everything current at the time. So everything at that era, obviously, was Britpop and... We had a male singer and a female singer. So within a year, obviously, this album came out and we probably covered about five or six songs out of this. Yeah, this, this spawned a lot of singles, didn't it, this album? It did. So um, so I discovered the album then and we, you know, really dug deep into it and tried to emulate and copy the songs as best we could. And it was great Were you, were you aware of Oasis before that, Brett? Not really. Not so well. Yeah, no, from the first album for sure. But I didn't, I wasn't a fan as such but mm. i realized how amazing this album was and what we... about you rick i can't remember when i first heard the album it's always been there hasn't it it's just become it's just yeah. fabric I yeah don't, I, don't, I can't remember the first time you heard wonderwall it's just it's like it's always been there yeah i think i remember seeing that video that was probably my first sort of oh the black and white video to yeah wonderwall yeah that's the first time i took notice of it yeah i'm I'm still not sure which if I prefer this or the first album. Have you two worked that out yet? I know we're talking about this one. I know some of the songs from this album were made for the first album and didn't make it on the first album, but made it on this album, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there. <laughs> I know something you didn't. How many copies do you reckon this album has sold? Obviously not to the you know nearest, this is to the nearest million. Oh. Uh, are we talking worldwide? Because we've had confusion Let, with let's, this before. Let's talk worldwide. Just to say, this sold 345,000 copies in the UK in the first week alone. Wow. So it's more than that, That is then. staggering. So how many do you reckon it sold well, worldwide? I'm going to go with 16 million. Ooh. Oh, well. Do, I know, you, do you know this, Brett? I know they did 70 million albums total. So I'm going to average, I'm going to say 12 million. No, it's 22. Oh, that's incredible. 22 million. Hang on, 70 million in total that they sold in their career? Yeah. There was, was the... there was quite a few albums after this, yeah, though, I was wasn't thinking, there? Yeah, but, yeah. That, w- that obviously sold big. Yeah, this must have been the biggest selling album, though. So apparently, the, <laughs> one in five Britons owns a copy of this album. No, no I've got that completely no, wrong. No, you've got that. If you I've times... got that completely <laughs> complete if you it's times one 300, in 15 i was gonna say a few times that <laughs> there's one in 15 i forgot the one there's more <laughs> there's more people in london than that brilliant yeah one in 15 one in five people one in lewisham in owns it <laughs> <laughs> and uh it is the fifth best-selling album in the uk wow ever i didn't know ever. that oh that, well that was as of like a few years ago so Maybe a lot of people bought it during COVID and it's gone up or, you know, maybe no one's bought it. But yeah, it was the, it's the fifth best-selling album in the UK. Do you know what 4321 are? No. Yeah. I would guess. Write to us. I would imagine Queen uh, yeah. and the Beatles and probably the Rolling Stones are one, two, uh, three. You mean British bands? 
No, I think the best selling, biggest selling, selling albums in the UK ever. Yes. What about Thriller? Mm, I don't know if that's a UK thing. Isn't the Eagles' in the states? It was Eagles' huge, greatest hits is is up there, isn't it? Mm, I'm not sure. We need to find out now. Yeah, this this is a separate podcast, isn't it's, it? It is on the best selling albums. Shall we go back to what's the story? Yeah, what's, what's the story? story? Morning Glory. So let's dig dig in, shall we? Let's get get stuck in. Yeah. Track one. Hello. Hello. So this, I really like the start of this, and I only noticed this recently when I was listening to it with headphones on. That it starts with an acoustic guitar playing Wonderwall. It does. Which the, is Noel Gallagher sat outside on the wall of the studio. On yeah, of Rockfield Studios, mm-hmm. playing it. You two have been reading, haven't you? And you can hear the birds if you listen carefully. You can hear the birds outside. That's really cool. It, it ties in with the couple of like little, um, I don't know what you call them. They're called swamp songs or something, aren't they? The little mm-hmm. bits of filler and the reprise thing and. That's kind of got excerpts of bits of the album on it, hasn't it? Yeah. As well, yeah, yep. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that's that's. I only noticed that recently. I know that Noel said how how amazing this song is to play to play live, and it was always for a, a period of their time they would come on, and this would be the opening song. Surely he must have written this as an opening track for an album and and a live kind of live show as well. You'd have thought so. It's, that yeah, that sound, be, isn't it? that sound of that that first guitar. I don't know what, what it is. is, that? is, is it, it like a lead touching a socket? It's or something, something like, like that. that. It's but I think it's just a note. But there's it's almost a wire as well on it. So mm-hmm. I think there's a wire. There's a filter or something put on it too, which is quite cool. It's but awesome, that, isn't it? And then that wall of guitars coming in around it. Yeah, it's just it's a great start, isn't it? Yeah. And it, I think there's a couple of moments on this which remind me of. I'm not going to keep talking about the first album. Definitely, maybe. But that wall of guitars and that sort of the sound and we can talk about the mix and things as well with Liam's very upfront his vocal sound but that really thick layered guitar sound is what I kind of always imagined they would have sounded like in not that I've seen them but in the smaller clubs and when they started with yeah, that yeah so the gu- guitars were really in your face but everything else was sat back but almost a wash of guitars yeah. in a really deliberate kind of almost not dissonant but messy way yeah mm, but it works fantastic. really well with Liam's vocal doesn't it in, yeah. the, in the heavier tracks on this yeah and the obviously stuff they did before was his his very kind of snarly vocal with that big guitar sound. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know. I think two or three versions of this were, were put to the um, record company, weren't they? And, um, and people weren't um, happy with the sound because it was too too produced, and they wanted to go back and, and make it sound more raw and and live sounding. Are you thinking of this, or definitely maybe? Well, I think this is well. Surely, this this song was written for definitely maybe, wasn't it? I know definitely maybe took ages to for them to get the right sound. That's how they ended up yeah. back in sawmills, didn't they, in Cornwall? And That's having right, different yeah. producers. And they brought in their live engineer, didn't they, to get that? Yeah, oh. we, yeah redone. Who this, is this called... Oh, no, I don't know. I nearly knew. Mark. <laughs> Mark. A surname or... Coil? I'm going to go with... I might have that wrong. Right, you talk amongst yourself. So, so, I'll um, look it up because I... This, like this was recorded in 12 days. I know, it's amazing, isn't it? isn't it? And some of it was written within that time. Because the songs, some, a couple of the songs weren't finished, allegedly. Yeah, and Alan Which, White, the drummer, was um was brought into the band, wasn't he, just before this? And um, there's a yeah. Quote so from, the previous drummer didn't he recorded one song on it, didn't he? And yeah, it was that kept, right? Yeah, that's that's correct. Um, and it, it's interesting that um Noel was saying that he was put into the studio with a bunch of Mancunians, and he was a um a Cockney chap, and he said it just it had to work. We just had to make it work, and it did. And he just settled in and. There's so many um, amazing moments of cleverness with how 
Alan White plays on this album. Do um, you know why they got rid of the of I don't, I of the know. first drummer? Tony, isn't it? Yes. Um, no, do you know what happened? He was a founder member, wasn't he? Him, yeah. Because Noel wasn't in the band to start with either, was he? Do you think it is the, on this album that Noel really became the kind of band leader, the primary I think member? When because he, it wasn't his band, was it? It was Liam's band originally. No, but when he joined, I think that was his stipulation, is that I'm going to be in charge and I'm going to write the songs. And yeah. I think that's how he joined, which is an amazing way to join a band, isn't it? Yeah, I'll join your band, but I'm going to be in charge and it's going to be my direction. And mm. So He's, I think that was established to begin with, but I think certainly when he, as he took over producing with uh, Owen Morris on this, yeah. it yeah. sort of further established that, didn't it? Mm-hmm. That kind of, um, yeah. But Alan White as a drummer, he, his brother is probably more in the drumming world, more, more famous. Uh, Steve White, who was a drummer for Paul Weller and it was Paul uh, Weller that spoke to, was to Noel and suggested and Alan Paul White. Paul Weller is a big influence on... Paul Weller's on this album, isn't he? He played the solo is, on yeah, yeah. Champagne Supernova. Well, we're not there yet, so we'll talk about that when we get there, shall we? It was Mark Spoiler, Coyle. Spoiler it was Mark alert. Coyle. Sorry. I was right. I got something <laughs> right. It was Mark Coyle who was a producer on Definitely Maybe who was their live sound engineer that well was done, brought Rick. in to make him sound live. Well done. I know. I knew sooner or later I'd get something right. <laughs> it's been, today's the day. So on this track, Rick, um, yeah, I heard that they Owen Morris used the brick walling technique or sound walling, which I'd never heard of until I heard it in this interview. Yeah, do you know anything about that? What's 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 that about? Brick, uh, are you going to call me a geek if I answer it? Is nope. this a trick question? No. Nope. Is this a setup? Right, nope. brick wall. <laughs> oh, even I'm when I start talking, I'm going to have a cup of tea in it. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> even when I start talking, I think, oh, I sound like a nerd. Um, Brick wall is a mass time. (laughs) (laughs) Right, I'm not answering. No, please tell us. Brick wall is a mastering technique. So brick walling is uh, is like limiting, where you put a a limiter above the um, sound wave so that the highest, noisiest points are clipped, which makes the quieter troughs louder. So it makes it louder. It's an impression to make everything more consistent and louder so everything's loud and he did owen morris is famous for doing this on definitely maybe definitely maybe was credited as being the start of the sort of loudness wars with albums so it, it's a, it was a technique that he, he deliberately developed. did it on definitely maybe to make it sound to the management to the powers that be like oasis sounded live to make it sound louder to give it that big so sound. it was squashed really squashed and the guitars were Everything was squashed and put Liam really up front and that he burst through this wall of guitars. So what that did with the other albums that they were they felt they were sort of up against at that point is make them sound louder. But I think even Owen Morris, I do sound like a geek, don't I? I just have my own voice. <laughs> <laughs> Owen we Morris Brett. Or Owen Morris at the time said it was pushed far beyond any producer or engineer would do. It was a stylistic thing, and of course, it started off everyone else trying to compete with it. Yeah, that that noise so kind of thing to just make it sound loud, loud. That's what it was done. So, brick walling is a mastering technique that you every sound hits the brick wall, so it can't be any louder, which makes everything feel louder. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Amazing. Okay, right. Moving on. Track two. Roll with it <laughs> quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so that this roll with it. This was recorded live in two takes. Yeah. Yeah, and really? it was the second take that they kept okay. because the only there was reason- oh, something on. like a guitar line or something that was better, wasn't it? That's it. Yeah. But this is this is kind of them how they sounded live at the time, just re- all in a room playing, bang, done. It's actually Move the only on. song on the album that was recorded live. Yeah, and the one of the funny anecdotes that I heard about uh, this album 
is that Liam was keen to get everything done quick so he could get to the pub earlier. (laughs) (laughs) There's that famous story about when he came back when Noel was tracking guitars, isn't there? And he he brought back the whole pub in the middle of (laughs) Noel's busy tracking stuff and the whole pub turned up at the studio. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And Noel got in the car, didn't he? And I think he he got a bit upset. (laughs) Liam ran out after him and threw a dustbin at the car. Oh, that's brilliant. It's like comic book, isn't it? It's It's classic. Amazing. Absolutely brilliant. I love that the start of this song is that that guitar sound. It's the fuzziest kind of most kind of obnoxious guitar sound ever, isn't it? It's great. Yeah. Start. Oh, yeah, no, I, haven't. I was going to say I was going to play it, but I can't. I haven't got... Never mind. I, um, the, I, I love Liam's vocal in the verses of this. I found it's my got... guitar. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I, it's unplugged. Don't worry. I'll put it up to the mic. Ready? Can you... Hang on. We... Can you hear that? Yeah. Can you hear it? Ready? Yeah. That guitar, and I like. Yeah. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not going to be a geek again for a while. But those two seventh chords to start with are unusual, aren't they? That. Yeah. And that. Very Beatles, Beatlesy. Right. I'm not being geeky. No. Um, I love Liam's vocal in the in the verses of this. It's got quite a snarl to it. it has got a snarl, yeah. But, but that really then sets up for the chorus, which is kind of ultra melodic. And it's that, that harmony in the chorus. I love that. Uh, presumably, it's Noel singing. I think it is, yeah. isn't it? That um, that background vocal in that is a high point of this song for me yeah yeah it's great that's another one of those ones that you were saying that if you listen to it or it comes on the radio or in your car or something you can't not sing that that harmony vocal when it kicks in yeah yeah the um there's some really cool delays in this as well um on the vocals in the, the like the on the null repeats yeah oh the bvs yeah. yeah yeah i really like that it's really cool and this was the song famously that started the whole or was used in that massive pr thing with Blur, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, the this, infamous chart battle, wasn't this it? This versus Country House, was one. it? Yes, Blur's Country House, and yeah, roll with it. The, work, the working class, the, the working class Northerners versus the sort of middle class art student yeah. thing that they all built. Who did win? Oh, I didn't remember. Blur won. They outsold. I th- oh no, I might have made that up. I think Blur outsold them. So if there was a win, I mean, they both won because they got a huge amount of. Oh, well, you see, I like to think. Blur won the battle, but Oasis won the war. Yeah. <laughs> it's certainly one of those um, songs that takes you back to, you know, that era, isn't it? I mean, it was massive, wasn't it? And it's one of yeah. the songs that we that we covered as a, as a band back then. I just, I remember having loads of fun. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you kind of think back. I in, mean, the, I was, in the poodle. I, in the poodle, yeah. You Do know, you want to know why it's called Bouncer Poodle? It, it, oh, we're going yeah. back to your old band. Oh, you just, yeah, the poodles, yeah. It's, it's, the poodles. <laughs> The singer had a had a dog called Bouncer, and it was a poodle, and it got not knocked over and killed. Well, wasn't oh, that was on Neighbours? Was it? That was Bouncer story. as well. What's that? Wasn't Bouncer on Neighbours? No, that was a Labrador. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's really sad. That I know that. So that's why it was called Bouncer Poodle. Why am I called so, the geek? <laughs> so go in, look at Brett. Do you remember? Did you do the both covers? Did you do both these songs as a cover in that band? Both of these songs. Yeah, did you do Blur's Country House and we Oasis did, yes. Roll with yeah, it? Yeah, you yeah, did. Yeah. Did you do them back to back and get the audience to choose which was <laughs> we their favourite? No, <laughs> no, we didn't. But there's so many amazing songs around then that we we must have had a massive repertoire of songs because it was just that time, wasn't it? The Britpop era. Brit, and Britpop was massive, wasn't it? it? I mean, it was it was on the front pages of the papers, stuff like this, you know. And how how often do you get that nowadays? Yeah, yeah. That, music that's and, still you know. a thing, isn't it? I was speaking to someone the other day who said they were into 90s indie and. Um, that he said you you were either Oasis or Blur. You don't like both. 
So when you were gigging those songs, Brett, did like half the audience sit down when you do Blur and the other half sit down when you do an Oasis song? Was yes, that, that's what happened. Did it exactly that? Yeah. And we <laughs> sat down and we did James sit down and everyone sat down. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Uh, did you, uh, apart from you, because you were already sat down playing drums. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there was a famous Top of the Pops performance of Roll With It. I don't know whether you two have ever seen that. I can't remember I mean, if I've I seen it sometimes through the years where Noel and Liam swapped so <laughs> Liam was playing guitar and Noel was singing <laughs> oh really yeah can Liam play guitar oh he can he did Songbird didn't he is him playing guitar he did I don't know if he did at the time Songbird only know, has two or well, two and a half chords in it yeah it? I think it was a more something that he he sort of got into afterwards well I didn't know that yeah Interesting. right track three Wonderwall what yeah never heard this before <laughs> What a song, isn't it? <laughs> this is we were talking about this, weren't we, before? It's this is a um it's kind of always been there. You yeah. know, and it's really hard. How can you talk about something that's always been there? It's you know I yeah. I mean even the acoustic guitar intro has become it's like smoke on the water, isn't it, for acoustic yeah. guitar. It's always been there. Yeah. It's just But have you noticed it's rarely ever played right? You ever noticed yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's the, I think it's that barbecue favourite, isn't it? Yep. Get the acoustic guitar, do Wonderwall, and yeah. Yeah, amazing. I mean, how must that have felt when uh, Noel sat down and those four chords fell under mm. his fingers, and you know that that the chorus lines came out of his mouth. He, he must have just thought ka-ching! Yeah, or maybe He's, he didn't. I, don't I know. watched an interview with him where he said that writing this album, he said it was a point in his life where he knew he was just writing hits. He said I knew they were going to be massive. He said I knew what I was writing was going to be massive. I know, mm. I know. There's a level of arrogance with, <laughs> with that. But when you listen to the album, there is a confidence in that. Yeah, I'm yeah, writing. yeah. Every, I think everything he did in this time was just gold, wasn't but it? But he doesn't. Everything. He doesn't claim to be any kind of genius, does he? He said that McCartney, Dylan, Morrissey are the geniuses. He just uh, borrows from them. He just his, his, <laughs> yeah. yeah. His his writing is a nod to those guys. You, you yeah. can hear that all over this oh, album, yeah, can't yeah, you? Of course. The influences are just there. I mean, the Beatles. What, you know, I mean. The, from a drumming point of view on on this album especially but there's so much of Ringo and and how they they've used that kind of Ringo Starr kind of oh, simplicity but there's little things that he did and 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 what's done in this album it's um I absolutely I, I love it I think mm. it's amazing Did, is this hot rods on the drums in this song Brett is it is it and it's um it's it's a real I, I don't know if people won't know this the drummers will know it but I've actually got some with me today. Oh, hang on. Oh, Can we boo no. like you like you do when I get a guitar out? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to do something quite geeky. So th- here's a drumstick. Ready? And here's a hot rod. Yeah. Is this for our benefit? No, this is for the benefit of people that might want yeah, it. Hot rods are nice and quiet, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> so Wonderwall is, is, is hot rods. You can hear it when you listen back to it. And and the other thing that's really apparent in, in uh, across this album is a tambourine as well, isn't it? Yeah, you, you, yeah, you got a tambourine, tambourine in there, Joe. Nope. Oh, <laughs> I bet you got a cowbell. I've always got a cowbell in here. <laughs> you got a tambourine. Where's the ta- There's always a tambourine. I have got the tambourine. Yay! So play uh, along always... to this. So here, here's a, a, a similar sort of groove to Wonderwall. But play along, Joe. And you, you'll real get the the Oasis vibe from a, the the drummer's perspective. Ready? Go on then. We'll need to edit him out a little bit there. Why wasn't I included in that? <laughs> I've got a guitar here. Because <laughs> I'm still trying to master down. those first four chords from Wonderwall, isn't it? That's what that is. <laughs> so with Wonderwall, 
I, the critics apparently slated this when it came out. Really? Yeah, it was, you know, really, really slated it. But it spent 30 weeks in the UK chart. Why was it slated? As For what reason? I don't know. I don't know whether it's one of those things where they they just had the knives out for them or what. I don't know. Because it was one of the first singles, wasn't it? I think it wasn't. I think the, it was fourth. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I've got that. But I might have then. made that up because I don't know why where that came from. But I think, uh, critically, the first album was a massive critical excess, success. Excess? <laughs> success. Um, and this album obviously is a lot more produced. There's acoustic guitars, there's strings. I mean, there's a really prominent cello all the way through Wonderwall. And I think that sort of thing is a departure. And lyrically, it's very, very different than the first album. I'll yeah, I, I think um, the lyrics were sort of questioned at the time. Do you know where well, I've got, got, an where interesting, got the title from? I've got an interesting... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I know yeah. what it was originally called. Go on then. Wishing Stone. Ooh, that's a different one than I, than I had. Oh, no. I don't know if I've read it now or made it up. <laughs> um, it's from... The title comes from the uh, film Wonderwall, Psychedelia, Psychedelia no, no, and Surrealism. I've heard. I've it's heard a George Harrison soundtrack. Yeah, it's a George Harrison solo album, Wonder, Wonderwall Music. Is that the, what you're talking about? Yeah, it was a soundtrack for a film, a ah. 60s film that George Harrison wrote the soundtrack to called Wonderwall, Psychedelia and Surrealism. Yeah. And that's where he knit the title from. But, but what's it, brilliant about about this is that, you know, I think the critics slammed it for being a bit obvious, like lyrically. Um, and he, he, at the time, I think Noel said it was for his then girlfriend. And I think she he married her afterwards, Meg Matthews. Yeah. But when they split up, he said it wasn't about her at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think you I never really wrote that song it. about you either. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, but also um, one thing I quite like about this song is the covers that it spawned yeah um, I don't know whether you two remember the Mike Flowers pop oh yeah oh, wow, yeah, 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 just yeah. bizarre um, oh, I'd forgotten all about that until you said and that. also Ryan Adams did um, yeah. quite a quite a, a how does that go again but most of all you're my wonder is it something like that was it yeah like a real sort, kind of, of sort of thing that you might do <laughs> <laughs> what, what was Bounce the Poodles version like Brett <laughs> oh, was it like that it was cracking. It cracking. Um, it's a great arrangement, this song. Have you noticed that? I really yeah. like the structure and that really unusual bit in the first verse that doesn't come around again. There's a little break between the first and second verses that mm-hmm. doesn't happen again in the song. Yeah. And it's only a verse and chorus, isn't it? There's no... It does yeah. verse, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and that's it. I think that's what I, I love like about it is the simplicity of, yeah. you know... And it's a bit different. Arrangement. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, I was just going to say that Noel Gallagher... Uh, the way he plays it nowadays, or more recently with his high flying birds, is more like the Ryan Adams version, which he's actually said, you know, that's why he's doing it. No way. Yeah. Ah, there you go. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Should we move on to Don't Look Back in Anger? Let's move on. Track four Don't Look Back in Anger. This is another one, isn't it? It's always been there. Always been there. Totally. Totally. This, this song, I read somewhere, is one of the best songs of all time. I think Q magazine voted it. It was in the top twenty of of one of, uh, as of being all, the, the yeah, best yeah. song of all time. That's um, amazing! It is. Yeah, I've got some guitar geeky stuff about this song, Rick. Oh, have you? Yeah. Hang on a minute. I've got a. Hang on. Hang, don't don't oh, no, spoil the thunder. I've got move my mic stand. Hang on. Don't steal my thunder here, boy. I've got a dro- <laughs> I've got a drooping. Doesn't mic stand. happen very often. My mic stand's drooping. Hang on. Just <laughs> yeah. I just realised. Go on, Brett. What have you? What can you tell us about this? So. Do you know what guitar was used on this out al- on this recording, Rick? No idea. But so can I, it, do you want me to have a guess? Yeah. Is it a Epiphone no, three thirty five? No, it's not. You can be further from the truth. It's a Stratocaster, right? And it was given to Noel by Johnny Marr. 
Oh, and okay. I've got another fact. Go on. The amp that was used was yeah. a Vox AC30. Right. And that amp was the house amp at the Cavern Club back in the day. Right. And it was um, given to Noel by an ex-member of the Hollies. There we go. Mm. That's interesting. So it was a yeah. Fender Strap on an AC30. So, yeah. yeah, I'm proud of myself with that. <laughs> one. Where did you find that? <laughs> um, from Noel's mouth. <laughs> Noel. <laughs> He told he he told a, a, an interview about it, which I, I found quite interesting. He told the interview, didn't he? He, he told the interviewer. <laughs> uh, the um, there is some great guitar moments actually in this. It's obviously the it's very 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 Noel Gallagher's lead playing, which is very distinctive, isn't it? It's great. All that major pentatonic bendy kind of position yep. stuff, which is great. Um, but I love those those two bends in the second verse. Yeah. Where, Please don't put your life in the hands of a rock and roll band, and just those couple of yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's great there's that famous drum fill as well isn't it and that little break at the end really yeah yeah so many moments of this song that are just absolutely uh did noel did noel tell you also what the lyrics were about brett uh he didn't know do you know no i've, I've heard him say though that he has no idea what the lyrics are about he can't remember because he was under the influence of stone i think he said that about most of the album too. <laughs> yeah, so, so the story i heard was that he wrote this in paris after a night out right and the, they'd been um oh, in, uh, yeah, in a strip bar, bar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he he then thought afterwards Sally might have been one of the strippers that he saw, but you yeah. can't remember. It's, it sounds more like a Motley Crue story than a yeah. Oasis story. But what I really liked is that a, <laughs> you know Oasis put out a song called Lila some years later. I don't know that one. Lila was written, um, and she was Lila was Sally's sister. Oh, okay. Which I thought was quite cool, but again, I think Noel may, may have made yeah, that. Yeah, because he can't remember if Sally was, existed <laughs> yes. or not. Seems was, to be a different story in every interview you read. I quite like that. Were Sally and Lila both at the same strip bar? I think that might be something you might need to think about in your own time, Brett. <laughs> I'm thinking about it now. <laughs> Should we move on quickly? Hey, now. Yep. Um, just just bef- before we do move on, apparently this song was written to have a, a vibe of All the Young Dudes by Mott the Hoople. No way. Which, after I read that, I thought, oh yeah, it does, there's a real, you know, I can really hear that now. I can really hear Imagine. Yeah, but he did that on purpose, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, I know. Did you know, going backwards, I shouldn't go backwards, I was going to say about um, Hello, you really think it sounds like Slade? That swingy, yeah. shuffly thing and that descending chord bit, you know, in the chorus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does. Like, come on, feel the noise, it isn't does. it, I guess? We've always had this discussion about writing a, a classic, amazing song that's in that shuffle kind of vibe. It's, it's really hard, isn't it? It's that, that feel it's, um, to, to write something. And not sound like Oasis uh, or Slade. Where are we? We're, we're talking about Hello now. We've oh, yeah, no, sorry. Back. Let's go back. Go, where so, are but, we? But don't look back in anger. The um, w- One thing I did hear was that Noel had heard because this line does stand out, doesn't it, in the song, because you said the brains I had went to my head. Mm-hmm. Um, he heard John Lennon saying that on some cassette, like an yep. interview or something like that. And um, it Is just, that where it the revolution from my bed head. comes from, with John Lennon's famous sleeping? Yeah. Or stay in bed against yeah, it could, could well be. war thing? But I thought, because it does stand out as a line, doesn't it? As a, yeah. you know, it's a bit of an obscure line. But yeah, yeah he said he, t- he took it and he said that he, he'll, he'll use it one day because it's such a... Yeah, I think that isn't the stand up against the mantelpiece. I've said that wrong, haven't I? Is um, is what his mum used to say to him when they're having their family photos taken. Take really? that, wipe that smile off your face. Stand up there, ready for like family portraits with him and his yeah. brothers. Take that smile off your face. That's why it's stuck. Yeah, that's in cool, head. isn't it? Yeah, amazing. Right, track five. Hey now. 
I like the swagger of this really makes me think of how they probably sounded live. Yeah, I love that great groove, sloppy kind of swagger with is that tambourine as well? That that tambourine is so it just sits there on a lot of these prominent, isn't it? On some of them, it gives something as a real straight feel, something with that swagger that just by putting that tambourine in 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 the mix, you it sort of tickles the ear, just makes you sort of very very clever. Did you read through the lyrics of this one, Rick? Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's John Lennon. I don't know. I don't think John Lennon wrote it. I think it's based on like John Lennon's psychedelia kind of drug escape kind of, you know. Because I kind of took a little bit that he was thinking about before he was famous. Oh, did you? Yeah. I just yeah, the line that I re- I took a walk with my fame down memory lane. I never did find my way back. Okay. Which I thought was an interesting line. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, having read the lyrics after that, I I kind of thought, well, maybe maybe he's looking back to the time before all of this blew up, you know, before Oasis blew up. Track six, a uh, Swamp Song version one, which I think sounds some, like something they might have just been playing in soundcheck that they thought, oh yeah, let's record that while we're here. But do you think those sort of things don't happen anymore in these days of Spotify? Spotify yeah, yeah, where, and, and, yeah, streaming, because you, mm-hmm. wouldn't, you wouldn't put that out as a release. When you put you? an album on, you just, you, and you involve yourself in the album and the sound of the album and all of that, those sort of things just all add to it and it becomes yeah. a, the album, not... Yeah. And, you know, obviously listening to this album quite a bit recently, um, I, I, I kept hearing this song thinking, what does it remind me of? It reminds me of something from the past. And I figured it out. What is it? It's On The Road Again by Canned Heat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like... Ding, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. There we are. Track seven, Some Might Say. This was their first number one, wasn't it? I did read that. First single from the album as well. Oh, was it? Yep. Yep. Interesting. It, it, it was released before the album was out, wasn't it? Um, yep. As was the norm. Why would this be the... F- this, I mean, it's a great song, but it wouldn't be the first single. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? They're obviously also, building a campaign in a different way, weren't they? they Noel were. has since said this is his favourite track from the album. Really? Yep. But I bet in every interview he said that about a different song. Quite possibly. Be. I can't believe how quiet the, the drums are mixed in this song. Yeah, it's, there's a few the moments drum is like... Well, but it, in some way it, it works and it's so cleverly engineered and, and and mixed but it's just like why would it why would you want it that quiet have you um read the comments Noel Gallagher's you are a drummer though Brett <laughs> 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 why would you want the drums that quiet yeah. I'm a drummer by the way have you read Noel Gallagher going on about drummers no about, go on go just on. his he, I don't I can't quote it exactly but things like when when they've swapped to um Alan White I want to say White. Paul White now yeah Alan White when he uh and he said well, he's only the drummer it's just you know doesn't mm. matter, does it? It's just a drummer. He just plays along. There's millions of drummers. <laughs> he's just like he's really derogatory about drummers. Oh well, I get that uh, a lot. Do you no, know what my favourite? <laughs> do you know what my favourite thing is in this song? Is it the boogie rock and roll riff and when the second guitar comes no. thundering in? Oh. No, my favourite bit is the harmonies in the verse when Noel oh, yeah. Gallagher comes in and Noel and Liam's voices together in the instances like this, I think, are like Lennon and McCartney or Ooh. Simon Ooh. and Garfunkel. Oh, that's a uh, it's because they work so well together because well, yeah, Liam's yeah. got that more you know slightly raspy snarly and Knowles is cleaner isn't it more yeah. angelic and the two of them work together like peas and carrots so tone, tone wise you, you mean yeah. So, yeah but it's like Lennon and McCartney isn't it you know the the, the, the slightly tonal difference just makes that just fits together yeah, yeah it makes mm. it work perfectly yeah I get that I bet you can guess what my favourite moment is now what did you say I don't matter now let's go on now <laughs> Um, Go on. I I, I like the uh, second guitar coming in. There's a standard sort of boogie rock and roll rhythm thing, isn't there, that comes in. And there's a really loud, distorted guitar that sort of feeds back and then starts playing the 
which is like the way that comes in. Mm. Really unashamedly. I, I quite like and, after the solo the way the solo lines keep coming in between the verse lines. Yeah, during the third verse, mm-hmm. that works. That works really well. And Brett, how about the cymbal crashes on turn four in the chorus? That's yeah. great, isn't it? Yeah, we had that discussion recently, didn't we, about cymbal crashes? On yeah, just nice, nice use of. Well, it. I think and I think that's where Lars Ulrich clearly got it from. Hang on, this was after. <laughs> that's where they got it from. They're clearly listening to Lars Ulrich. That's course, what I meant. Of yeah, course. And, and that tambourine makes another appearance in this song as well, just like Metallica. Which one? The this tambourine. One. <laughs> this one. <laughs> yeah, that one. Uh, track eight, cast no shadow. Again, uh, Nolan Liam's, Liam's harmonies in this are great in the chorus. And the bass like guitar really. as well at the start, I love it. There's a nice use of bass guitar, which isn't very prominent throughout the album, but this mm. is, has a nice, um, nice It's feature. classic Britpop, this song, isn't it? If you did, just did, say- I, did I read that Noel played the bass on this? Oh, really? There's one song that Noel played the bass on. It's um, this song he dedicated to Richard Ashcroft, didn't he? The singer of The Verve. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, they they I, were good I, friends, weren't that. they, at the time? And I also, yeah, they toured with the Verve, didn't they? Or did they? Is that yes, that famous Amsterdam gig that they did that they were going to do with the Verve? Where I they think didn't, never they were made on it. tour with the Verve when he wrote "Don't Look Back" and "Anger in Paris." Ah, with Sally, Sally or, the stripper. If Sally was there and her sister, <laughs> Lily, was it Lily? <laughs> Lila, Lila, Lily. <laughs> do you not remember Lila? Well, I've never been to a strip club in Paris. Oh, no. <laughs> I, 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 oh, the song. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> Um, so apparently um, Noel wanted this to sound like um, Pink Floyd. Yes. Wish yeah. You Were Here. Which Because uh, the okay. chords are the same, aren't they? Two, first two chords are the same as Wish You Were Here, I believe. That's a question for the guitar player in the band. I can't remember. I can't hear it. I think I'm right because that came out of Noel's mouth as well. Did it? <laughs> mm. Wish You Were Here. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so I was, I'm, singing two, I'm singing two songs in my head. Should I do it with the guitar? Do you want to hear me sit and figure them out no, on the guitar? That's no, we'll no, do that. Let's move swiftly on, shall we? Everyone's going to presume we cut that out now, aren't they? <laughs> there's, a, there's a 30 minute bit cut out where I'm working both songs out. Going, well, yeah. Is it a live orchestra in this song? So that's, I, I question about that. I just wanted to, it's quite a big sort of string. Oh, I don't know. Stuff. Would, would, they have, would it be a big. In 12 I think days, money 12 was, days recording? Yeah, mm-hmm. but money was. Maybe it was oh, added after. Talking about money, I must. I must share this with you because I don't know whether you know it or not or whether you'd heard it how much do you reckon the album cover cost them to produce I know this did you you read this as well uh, well any ideas on this bro I know it's a stupid amount of money really yeah yeah so so there's two people in the, in the, the I, know, I know who yeah. one of the people is can I talk about that or are you going to say that one's you know, walking can, one way and one's that's walking right. the other way so yeah. Rick, the who, produ- who's the one you know the producer is one of them I think it's the one with his back to the camera is no Owen it's not the producer Morris? no what <laughs> one of them is the the guy that came up with the art, artwork, the concept art. Okay. Right. The other one is a famous, or he was a London DJ at the time. I think you're... I'm going to look. Hang on. I could be wrong. I'm interested. I mean, that's... So so that's what it was. So that's the setup. It, yeah. it was originally intended to be Nolan Liam. Oh, okay. In, Are we... in the shot, which would make sense. And I think a lot of people on first glance probably picked it up I, thinking I, it was yeah, them. Yeah, I do. Oh, I'm wrong. Owen Morris is on the cover of the album, but he's old holding the album's master tape. There you go. So have he you got the CD? It. Have you got the cover with you? It's it's not right on my person, but it's. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the cover now while you're talking and see if I can see it. So let's have a stab. How much do you reckon this cost to do, Brett? Oh, you know Rick. So I how know. much do you how much do you think, Brett? Oh, this, why would it cost a lot of money? It's just a it's an image. I don't I don't know. It obviously, it's a lot of money. Thousands. Twenty five thousand pounds. 
Where has that money gone? What's what's it? Well, gone I should on? think he's gone to the guy that came up with it. Thank you very much. Maybe that's the, what the art. That's what he was on. So it's amazing, isn't it? It is. You know, the the budgets back then were for for recording, for artwork, for videos, for everything was just you know, oh, especially oh, the the video side of it was. MTV, yeah. Interesting. It? Do you know how much it is to buy a poster of that? No. Twenty four ninety nine. You've just googled oh, I'm, it. I'm you? trying to find a full size image of it to see if I can see the producer holding the master tape. Oh dear. Oh, I can. Anyway. That, no way. If you look at the cover, so he's there, is he? No. Uh, there's two guys that are blurred out walking past each other, famously walking towards each other. And if you look to the left of them, uh, if you've got the cover, if you look at the cover, there's um. There's a guy in the street clearly holding up what looks like a pizza box. It isn't. It's the master tape of the album no way. on the street. It's no one else in the shot apart from the producer holding the master recording up. Ah. Excellent. That is kind of cool, isn't it? So uh, moving swiftly along, track nine, She's Electric. Um, this was another one that was written for definitely Maybe, I believe. Yes. But got dropped for... Um, Replaced by... Oh, uh, something else, a bonehead something. Um... um Back to that shuffly swing thing again, Brett, isn't it? It is, yeah. Do you think this sounds like when I'm 64? <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do. It's, it's very, very Beatles-esque, isn't it? But, and very sort of playful. And um, It's yeah. got that bouncy feel. It has yeah. got a bouncy swagger. I've, I've got like a Lennon, definitely a Lennon sort of influence is on Is there this. a song? Um, no, actually, I'm not going to say it in case I've got it wrong. And you can't get things wrong about the Beatles. But there <laughs> so, might be a John Lennon song called Oh Yoko. Do you know either of you know that? No. All right, I'm not going to say it in case I got it wrong. Can I talk about the lyrics instead? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that they're obviously playful lyrics, um, but it's really unusual, the rhyming in this, do you think? Because mm-hmm. there's loads of rhymes in the verse, isn't there? It's just... Yeah. But they're in groups of two. They're split into two, but they're rhymed in threes. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So there's loads yeah, of, yeah. I was going to try and find the it lyrics. It has a tail every time, trying... isn't it? Sorry? It has a tail at the end of each of the thing every time, so you get... I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. um, I can't find it. I was going to quote them, but I can't because I've been busy looking at the album cover. <laughs> oh God! Oh, there I are some very random, clever rhyming lines yeah. in this. Yeah, well, he's working back from a rhyme, isn't he? That's what he's. Um, what's the What's doing. the one about the sister? That ain't, she... um, Lily and <laughs> Sally again. Is Lila. It? Lila. <laughs> Lila and you never Sally. know it could be oh, she's, um, I hate to think what you're googling whilst he's looking up lyrics <laughs> <laughs> she's got a sister and God only knows how I've missed her and the palm on her hand is a blister there we go and I need more time yeah but either the second verse she's got a brother another that, mother <laughs> cousin dozen oven it's an unusual three word you know three rhymes in a yeah. split into two in each verse I thought it was interesting track uh, 10 track 10 morning glory Morning Glory. Um, yeah, do you think this one sounds um, like R.E.M.? Do you- this sounds like R.E.M. And it also reminds me a bit of Rocking in the Free World by Neil Young. Yeah, and I like that about it. That swaggery, messy groove. Uh, I've got to be honest, at the time when you first hear it, you think, oh, it sounds a bit of a... But listening back to it, you think that's, that's what really makes cool. it magic, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I had to find out the meaning behind the title of this song because you can... What did it mean to you, Brett? What it do you know what me? it means to me? It's my mic stand that keeps drooping. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I'm still. <laughs> There's nothing drooping about this title, mate. Um, so, do, do you guys? Do you guys know? No, no was touring in America, and he met uh, an American lady. And uh, every time they met in the morning, she would say, "Hi, now, what's the, what's the story, Morning Glory?" <laughs> she's, she's actually from America. 
<laughs> I know what. <laughs> and he was like, "I've got no idea what it meant," but he he just thought it's, it's her way of saying, "Morning, right on." What did it mean to you, Brett? What, what does it mean to you? Well, you know, I'm not. I can't go deep into it, can I? I mean, we all know what morning glory is, don't we? I think. Shall I change the subject slightly? The song is about the song is about um, getting through the day with drugs, isn't it? Drugs and music and the morning glory of because it, it, the mirror and the um, razor blade is very clear what that's about. Mm-hmm. Um, and but just putting on music and yeah and drugs that's what I think it's about. But interestingly, Joe, you said about um, on, on my notes when I was researching this, and I, the first line I wrote was, "I find myself singing this chorus more than any other." chorus on the album ah, so this would and be your so i wrote that car, down because when i was started listening to the album recently i was i found myself during the day and this in the me. mornings in the morning when i woke up <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> i'm like droopy over there um I found <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. So you, hang on it's the mic stand can we just make that clear? so on your way to work you cars were driving past you going well <laughs> <laughs> brilliant brilliant yeah, yeah it's a cracking song a, to sing along to it really song. is isn't it uh, Rick, I love the seventh chord that leads into the chorus of this. Ooh, uh, yeah. And, and when it hits that, it's like, yeah. And then you, you get that. Mm. Ooh, it's ooh, brilliant. Yeah, I oh, do guitars, too. The guitar's no, coming out. Work. Yeah, where it's, where it's going to go. That That's is it. That's the one. Well, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, it works a treat. Yeah, there yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. Track eleven. I wasn't convinced. On what track eleven, the swamp song swamp version song. two. This for me is very random, but when you listen to it in the flow and context of the album, you know if, if you're if you're listening to an album or, or record or whatever, it leads really nicely into track twelve. Champagne supernova. Yeah, and that's and that works. The swamp song version two does work for me when you listen to it before champagne. Yeah, supernova. As, when you listen to it as an album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Champagne Supernova, track 12, final track on the album. Um, Brett, do you think, there's a harmonica in this, do you think it sounds like Alanis Morissette? Have you heard that? Uh, you haven't, have you? No. No. Oh, there's a bit of it. I think it's Paul Weller playing it. As, oh, actually, I don't. No, Paul, Paul Weller, Weller plays, plays the guitar solo. No, I know that, but didn't he? No. No, he sings backing vocals. Do you think it's Alanis Morissette playing it, Brett? Well, in it could be, you never yeah, know. Maybe yeah. in Brett's head, but not. I don't think in reality <laughs> that happened. Have I got the right song? Do you know the bit I mean where it goes... No, I think you're just talking a, about the wrong... It's just <laughs> my version of the album, isn't it? No <laughs> one else has heard this. in my pocket, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> We're not going back there again. Oh, droopy again. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Oh, anyway. Um, what, what, a, what an absolutely stunning, this is beautiful a, song. This is an epic end seven, to, seven, to an epic album, really. Minutes, is it, this song? Yeah. What's your favourite bit of this song? Ah, oh, I, I like all of it. I really do. My favourite bit is the 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 extended instrumental kind of guitar soloy bit with the descending chords. Just rem- and I, I I shouldn't say I like it because it reminds me of something else, but it does. It reminds me of while my guitar gently weeps. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. It does and borrow even, from and that, presumably there's Paul Weller playing the solo guitar in this. But even the guitar sound and some of his little phrases sound like Eric Clapton, who famously played the guitar solo on "While My Guitar Gently Weeps." Do you not think that there's a real yeah, it's definitely got a um, yeah. George Harrison feel about it, hasn't and it? And anything that sounds like that is is good. I but think. But he, he he I heard an interview with Noel where he said that it was lucky Paul Weller came in to rescue it because he was doing a right cock up of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it was brutally oh, I love but brilliant. Yeah, I love that definitely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's, yeah. A, it's a great end to to this album, isn't it? it it's um, 
What, it's almost like a moment of reflection. What do you think champagne supernova means? I know where he got the ideas from. I think I don't. I, I don't know. I was well, reading. I was reading the lyrics while listening to it this week, and I think that it's about um, being in a band. That's what I've taken from this. And the, um, you know, how um, passing trends or your success as a band, and how you, how how it how it's fleeting and disappears. Yeah, and I'll be a in a champagne supernova in the sky like all yeah. the massive success that they're having and when you when you burn out and disappear and you know as as, yeah. as bands at that level would does yeah, that make sense really cool. I yeah. don't think I yeah. eloquently expressed that properly yeah it's yeah. really cool um, there, there's some questionable lines in this song isn't there I know it I remember like lots of critics said at the time slowly walking down the hall faster than a cannonball was a it was a bit of a questionable line. But that's just, that's working off a rhyme, isn't it? And that yeah. imagery, again, it's that John Lennon style imagery and psychedelia yeah. that, um, that's brilliant. It's great. It doesn't always have to make sense, does it? For it to be memorable or great. See, I, I, I read that Noel had misheard a Pixies album title that was released uh, for like five years before called Bossa Nova. <laughs> right. He'd mis, he'd misheard or mis, you know, read that or whatever. And whilst he was working on this, he was watching a documentary about champagne. <laughs> right. This but sounds like one of those things. Sounds like you one say. of Noel Gallagher's stories, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, That's yeah. Uh, completely made up, and then he walks into the next interview and says something it completely it different. But well, I love that. That's yeah, it's great. brilliant. That is brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's a it's a epic end to an epic album for me. Hang on a minute. What about track thirteen? Uh, there is no track thirteen. Eh? It yes, finishes with Champagne Supernova, so last track of the album. No, no it is. Sorry. What yeah, there's there's twelve tracks. I've got the CD in front of me. No. Disagree. What's the th- what's the thirteenth one then? Boneheads Bank Holiday. <laughs> I think what? that was an outtake. That was like an extra track on something. Not according it? to Noel, it wasn't. What? He wrote the thing. <laughs> I think you're the bonehead. Hang on a minute. I've got it here in in, in print, Brett. Don't right care. In front of me. You're wrong. No, <laughs> Noel's right. <laughs> when did Noel tell you yeah. this? When he was on about his guitar amps again and what guitar he used? <laughs> I've seen it. He. Uh, what? Yeah. Do you want to see this? Like, it's, on, it's on the CD cover. That's wrong. Is it? <laughs> Shall we use the gospel in these things and Wikipedia and have a look? Yeah, let's do that. Let's it's it's also on Spotify. It's only twelve tracks. Internet's gone. Why um, would it? Champagne Supernova is a brilliant end to a to it. What? It's not as good as it ending with Bonehead's Bank Holiday. Boy. I've never even heard <laughs> Bonehead's Bank Holiday. <laughs> it was bonehead. written about Bonehead going. He, he was. Well, did he go on a Bank Holiday? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hardly the classic end of the album that Champagne Supernova. I'm sorry. Is, I am right here. I don't. I don't think you are. <laughs> I think you've made it up. <laughs> Bonehead's Bank Holiday is the last track on the album, track thirteen. No, no. Uh, get, should we get people to write in? Yeah, please do. It's someone is right and someone is wrong. It obviously. <laughs> well, that's cleared <laughs> up what your favourite you favourite song is on the album. Miss Bonehead's Bank Holiday, clearly, because it's Absolutely. better than Champagne Supernova. Absolutely. I think the last I track on our, on our first album will be. I can't believe you're arguing with the guy who wrote the bloody thing. We're not. We're arguing with you. I'm really going off what he said. He told me. Yeah, but did he? <laughs> or did you well, dream? He told it? everyone that's watched the documentary I watched. Are you sure it was Noel Gallagher? Yes. <laughs> Not Noel Fielding or something. Oh, Noel Edmonds. Noel Edmonds. <laughs> <laughs> the last track is Mr. Blobby's Bank Holiday. Yeah. <laughs> blobby, Blobby, Blobby. <laughs> this, yeah. I, I believe that more. Oh, man, you guys. No, oh, I think that you've made I'm it not, up. I'm going to have to come in and show you this. Cause oh, it's look at that. Don't uh, make look. me come in there. No, don't make me come in there. I'm coming. Can someone back me up in Red the comments or something? Off. Come on. 
Thanks for listening. Please check out our band, Damn the Wolves. Find us at damnthewolves.com and please follow us on all the usual socials. 